Welcome to the Eat Right Nutrition Podcast, where we partner with experts in the health, wellness, and nutrition field to deliver you an excellent variety of content based on real science, real facts, and real food. I'm your host, Daron. And I'm Nicole. And today, we're talking real facts about carbs. All right, Nicole, let's talk carbs. Okay. I don't even know where to start on this one. So I think we need to kind of outline here what carbs are, what their Mm -hmm. function is, Mm -hmm. and, you know, where do we find carbs? Like, I just think there's a lot of misconception around carbohydrates. And I think that this is a opportunity for us to clear up a few things. Yeah. Okay. Carbs are basically... You know, if you look structurally at certain things, right, like if you look at protein, protein essentially is just amino acids Mm -hmm. that are strung together. They're bonded Mm -hmm. together. Right. We call those peptide bonds and amino acids make peptides. And then if you get enough amino acids or enough peptides, then you end up making a protein. Mm -hmm. And carbohydrates work in the same way where you string some sugar molecules Mm -hmm. or glucose molecules into disaccharides, which, you know, are a little bit more complex. And then you string them into polysaccharides and polysaccharides are things like starches, fiber. What else? The things that you find in potatoes, rice, things like that. So Mm -hmm. essentially that's structurally what's going on with carbohydrates, right? So for example, you have uh, glucose and galactose makes lactose. Mm-hmm. Right. And you have uh, glucose and fructose makes uh, sucrose, mm-hmm. uh, which is like table sugar, the stuff right. that you'll find like cane sugar. So structurally, that's what's going on with these things. And when you eat these things in their most complex form, any carbohydrate that you eat is going to break down into its end product that's used for energy, which is glucose. Right. With the exception of a few things. Right. Obviously, the fructose is kind of metabolized a little bit differently and it goes through kind of a little bit of a different pathway and we'll get into that. And I think that there's some confusion around that and whether or not, you know, we should stay away from fructose or high fructose corn syrup or things like Mm -hmm, that. mm -hmm. I think we'll get into that, but I want to kind of dive into really the types of carbohydrates that we're talking about here. And then I want to talk about a little bit about some of the misconception around carbohydrates, right? Cause Nicole, Mm -hmm. You and I hear this all the time when we ask, let's say a new client comes on board and we ask them, okay, well, what have you tried before? I think one of the frequent answers that I get is, well, I tried reducing carbs and that didn't really work for me. Yeah. Instead of overall calories, they cut out carbohydrates. They cut out a food group. Yeah. Right. Which, you know, doesn't really give me balance. It's not long term. It's not sustainable. Like people say, okay, well, I'm going to do keto because carbs are bad for me. Mm hmm. And there's a a lot of, it's just wrong. Yeah. So I don't know how to say it any other way. (laughs) There is no fancy way to say it or sexy way to say it. It's just untrue. So, you know, in talking about carbs, we get into starches and starches are essentially just lots and lots of glucose molecules bound together. Um, Typically they take a lot longer to break down. You'll Mm -hmm. find these things in things like rice, quinoa, barley, 
uh, potatoes, sweet potatoes, all of these things that we often tell our clients to eat. You find them in breads and those things are perfectly fine. Then we've got, you know, some of our starches and we did a post on this uh, a few weeks back. We talked about resistant starches, which resistant starches almost kind of act like soluble fiber in that they feed the, uh, your gut microbiome and then energy is produced through these uh, bacteria. They produce a fatty acid, right? Uh, Short chain fatty acids. And that's used as energy that's kind of taken in by your, the lining of your colon. Mm -hmm. And essentially resistant starches, all they are, are just, they're like, so with starches, you've got two different types of starches, right? You've got amylose and amylopectin. Amylopectin is kind of like a branch chain and it's, you know, you can get uh, enzymes that metabolize carbohydrates or that break down carbohydrates. They can get into each one of those branch chains, whereas amylose is just a straight chain and there's one end and another end, and you can only kind of digest and break down from each end. And in resistant starches, I think things like um, potatoes cool down after you cool them down because potatoes in nature have resistant starches in them. It's like, I I don't know, four or 5% of the uh, starch in it is resistant and the ends of it is crystallized so that the enzymes kind of can't get to it. Uh, And there are some benefits, some health benefits to consuming foods that are higher in resistant starches. I know beans are very high in resistant starches. They're also high in fiber. It's really good for feeding your gut microbiome, uh, the healthy bacteria and having it work for you. It's really good for the health of your intestinal system. So, you know, some of these foods are really, really good for you. And, you know, we're talking potatoes here, for example. Yeah. And then people are afraid to eat potatoes because they're like, oh, it's too starchy. It's too high in carbohydrate. And one of the things that I find interesting about potato, when I tell clients to eat potato, and this was kind of an eye opener for me when I was creating our macronutrient guide that we use for mm-hmm. our clients, the quantity of potato that you need to equate to the number of grams of carbohydrates that you need is a tremendous amount. Yeah. Right. Like so I, some of my clients, I'm like, all right, like nine, 10 ounces of sweet potato or white potato or red potato, whatever it is. And it's, it's a huge quantity. Yeah. Right. And you people think like, wow, like potatoes, it's starchy and it's just very high in carbohydrates. But really, in reality, it's not right. And then when I and then I have dialogue with people where I'm like, all right, you need something else because it's too much volume for you. Yeah. Well, maybe do a cup of rice instead. And that's going to be mm-hmm. equivalent to maybe your, yeah. you know, eight to 10 ounces of potato. All right. So basically, you know, that's the spiel on starches. One of the things that I often tell people is, you know, in terms of fiber, like people aren't afraid to eat vegetables. I think people just yeah, typically don't eat enough vegetables, right. um, which we're going to get to as well. But fiber and I was shocked to learn this when I was tracking my fiber intake one day mm-hmm. that whole grains are actually higher in fiber than vegetables. And or you have to eat a lot more vegetables to hit a fiber goal if you're doing vegetables alone and you're cutting out those starches. Yeah. Right. In in comparison, though, volume for volume, one cup for one cup, like right. you're going to get a lot more bang for your buck eating whole grains than you are in eating vegetables just for fiber content. Right? Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Yep. You know, it's interesting. And this is going to, I guess, kind of Nicole segue us into sugars mm-hmm. because I had a conversation with a client the other day. This is something I find often we were troubleshooting fiber, right? She's having issues with her bowels not going frequently enough. And I Mm -hmm. said, 
she said, well, I think it's dairy. And I said, okay, well, looking at your food journal, the first thing I'm going to tackle is your fiber Mm -hmm. because you're not eating enough fiber. Yeah. A lot of the carbohydrates were refined. They were processed. Right. And and this is where we get into this kind of carb phobia, because it's not Mm -hmm. that you are eating too many carbs or even too much sugar. It's that you're eating too much highly refined processed carbohydrate that digests very, very quickly has a huge impact on your blood glucose, which affects your Mm -hmm. energy levels. And chances are those foods are very high in calories and they're not very satiating. So they're causing you to eat more. That's really what's going on when we're having the dialogue around carbohydrates and whether or not they're bad because they're not inherently bad. Your body needs them. So back to this client that I'm talking about, she goes to me, okay, well, what are sources of fiber so that I can eat more fiber and, you know, my bowels can be healthier. The first thing she went to was vegetables. And I said, okay, well, let's think starches first, because that's going to get that number up a lot quicker faster, or a lot easier. We listed off starches that are high in fiber. And I also said, Hey, like bananas, they're high in fiber too. Why don't you eat some of those? And she says to me something I hear all (laughs) the time, which is, well, I heard bananas are high in sugar. So I try to stay away from them. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at her food journal and I'm saying, well, you've got Fruit Loops every day mm-hmm. and you've got Frosted Flakes every day <laughs> and you had ice cream a couple of times. And I'm like, are you sugar really worried? Issue. Are yeah. you really worried about the sugar and the banana? And I think that, you know, us doing this episode is yeah. the result of countless conversations Conversation. that we have had with people that it's like, hey, fruit is fine. It's mm-hmm. OK carbs are not your enemy and cutting just because you're cutting out carbs doesn't mean that you're going to lose weight. And I also think that a lot of the misconception around carbohydrates and losing weight does come from people doing a keto diet. And here's what happens. Your body stores carbohydrates for energy in the form of glycogen. So you eat a potato, that potato is going to get broken down into glucose somewhere down the line. That glucose is going to enter your bloodstream. Insulin is going to come pick up that glucose. It's going to take it to your muscles. It's going to take it to your liver. It's going to be processed and converted into glycogen. Mm -hmm. And glycogen is your body's preferred fuel source. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care if people say, well, keto is the preferred fuel source, the ketones. It's not. To me, ketones are the secondary source when there is no availability of your primary source, which is carbohydrates. So that to me tells us, okay, we're, it's important to have carbohydrates. It's important to have glycogen. Now, why is glycogen important? So the glycogen in your muscles is used towards the activity that you're doing being the workout. Mm -hmm. You can't, and I had this conversation with somebody the other day, you cannot build strength without adequate carbohydrates and glycogen, because that glycogen is used to fuel your weightlifting workouts Yep. immediately. Right. So if you store glycogen in your bicep, you're doing a bicep curl, that glycogen is going to be used to fuel that specifically that one exercise in that one muscle. Mm -hmm. So this kind of speaks to the importance and who else uses carbohydrates, marathon runners, right? They use, they use, uh, the gel packs, the, the, the goo packs, whatever you mm-hmm. call them. Uh, I think um, Power Bar makes some, Gatorade mm-hmm. makes, like everybody makes them. They have these little chews, right? Yeah. And they use them because otherwise they're going to hit a wall. 
They're not going to be able to do that physical activity. They need carbohydrates. Now they're predominantly oxidizing fats when they're going longer distance, but they're also utilizing carbohydrates and they're going to need to replenish that. Otherwise their muscles are basically going to stop working. Obviously I agree with you. I've had this conversation with so many of my clients in terms of not only energy for a workout, but energy to get through the day, like from um, a mental capacity. Like if you're sluggish and tired throughout the day, a lot of the times it's because my big thing with carbohydrates is balance. It's not so much that you need to cut out carbohydrates, but there is a conversation that I think is valid in terms of balance. Vegetables versus the starches versus sugar. If you're like, to your point, if you have a client that's eating all processed foods and no vegetables and no starches, that can be an issue for your food plan, for your digestive system, for your energy, for, you know, throughout the day. If you have someone that's eating all vegetables and no pasta, rice, and potatoes, they also tend to have sometimes just as many digestive issues because they're eating so many vegetables that their stomach can be just as bloated and descended and their energy levels can be off. And then you have someone that's eating all potatoes and all rice and no vegetables and no sugars. Like it's all about balance. We talk a lot about plating your food evenly, like a protein, fat, a vegetable, and a starch, and making sure you're getting a little bit of everything so that it gives adequate amount of balance to the nutrient density on your plate. So a lot of the times, if you're listening and you're plating your food with balance, you, you can have a banana with yogurt and a protein shake for breakfast because it's a more balanced meal. If you're only doing a banana or you're only doing oatmeal, or you're only doing a protein shake, or you're only having a handful of nuts, I feel like that's when people get into trouble when it comes to building meals that are actually creating satiety, balance, and easily digest and easily digestible foods. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned the, uh, the somebody who's eating all starches and no veggies. Yeah. Because when I was bodybuilding, and I was in an off season, mm-hmm. it, it was always like, and there was a few of us that were like this, like, I don't have room for that stuff. I'm trying right. to pound in 5,000 plus calories a day. I feel that's going to, that's going to fill me up. I don't have room for that. I need to get my calories. And it was from a calorie standpoint that I was saying, yep. Hey, I need my carbs, but anytime Listen. on season or off season, mm-hmm. I was always eating carbohydrates. And I'll go as far as to say that from a percentage standpoint, mm-hmm. when I break down somebody's macronutrients, Mm-hmm. The highest percentage is always carbohydrates, carbohydrates and people are always surprised by that. And yeah. I'm like, your body needs more carbohydrates than it does protein. In fact, you're not even really going to get the greatest benefit from the protein that you're taking in Unless... if you're not eating adequate carbohydrates. Exactly. So, it, you know, it's all part of this system that works together. You can't exclude any macronutrient, right. even if you exclude fat that's going to have some hormonal implications for you. Mm-hmm. So it's it's important to have balance. And to me, regardless, what's going to matter the most in a fat loss plan is calories. Calories, yeah. And we see this evident in studies. There was, I think there was like a Twinkie study where the guy <laughs> had nothing but Twinkies and it was a calorie deficit and he lost, he lost body fat. The now, same thing with the cookie diet. Would I, would I recommend doing that? No, absolutely no. not. Side note, cookie diet, sign me up for that one. Yeah. <laughs> But there was a there was one where uh, the researcher had nothing but candy bars, right? Mm -hmm. Calorie deficit is king when it comes to fat loss. And people just think that, hey, if I'm consuming sugar, that's going to make me fatter. Well, no, sugar in a calorie surplus is going to make you fatter. And this goes into my point of fructose and fructose metabolism as well, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because people think that 
fructose is inherently bad because of the way that, you know, we know kind of mechanistically the way it breaks down is fructose is unique. So let's say you're having table sugar. Yeah. Which is 50% uh, roughly 50%, um, 50, 50 glucose and fructose. And that fructose is actually going to go directly towards glycogen for your liver, or it's going to create triglycerides. And we see this becoming an issue when people are over consuming refined foods with high fructose corn syrup, for example, Mm -hmm. which I'm going to throw out there is no different than table sugar, which is also really not much different than the glucose fructose combination that you get in your fruit that you eat. Right. It's the same. So high fructose corn syrup in and of itself isn't inherently bad. But the issue is that millions of Americans are consuming high fructose corn syrup in large quantities, right? They're basically consuming sugar in large quantities in, I know what you're going to say, a calorie surplus. And this is where we find a higher prevalence where I feel like we find a higher prevalence of non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Right. Because if you're consuming fructose, if you consume fructose and you're in a calorie deficit mm-hmm. or in maintenance or even a small or working surplus, out or even well, that aside. Right. Okay. I mean, you can be working out and creating your your deficit that way. Right. Right. But if you are consuming high fructose corn syrup or sugar or fruit or whatever it is, mm-hmm in a deficit maintenance or small surplus and you're working out to build muscle. And then those extra calories are going towards building muscle. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be faced with those health consequences and you're not going to be faced with increasing adiposity or, or, you know, fat storage. That's not going to happen because when we look at fructose's primary job is to provide glycogen directly to the liver. If you're in a calorie deficit, then you're constantly depleting that glycogen. And then every time you eat that fructose, that's going to go back to storage as glycogen. So you're not really going to produce much uh, triglycerides unless you're in a surplus. And then this is where, you know, it's it's interesting because people always look at uh, cholesterol and Mm -hmm. and triglycerides in their blood as uh, something associated with fat. Right. First of all, being in a in a large calorie surplus for a long period of time is a stress on the body. And we know that mm-hmm. stressful situations on the system increase inflammation, which increase cholesterol. Right. And there's that whole thing going on. But at the same time, it's not just fat. Yes, you should be worried about saturated fat intake, but you should also be concerned with if you're over consuming sugar in a calorie surplus, then that is going to have some implications for your cholesterol as well. Yeah, it's this whole what I call like loop of poor behaviors, you know, like, or loop of poor habits, whatever you want to call it, or poor decisions and choices. You know, one of the four things you just mentioned is not a big deal in a small amount. All four of them, and and it's not even that Americans eat it in large amounts. They eat it in insanely large amounts with insanely poor activity. And then you get these types of issues. So it's it's kind of like the perfect storm of poor choices. And that's the stuff that really, I think, is what has created all of this talk around carbohydrates being bad, is that when you have people that are in these horrible, diseased bodies, people start to have to, or I should say, doctors, people in general that are in these dire circumstances, 
they make, they have to make these drastic choices to create change in their body. That doesn't mean that the rest of the world has to do that, which is pretty much what the fitness industry does. Like you find someone that is over 400 pounds and needs to cut out carbohydrates because it's the only way to get their body back into a, a habit loop that's, or a loop in the system that creates health. And they need to do it. That's for them under the supervision of a doctor. But or, do they really need to do it? Do they need? No, to they don't. Extreme? They don't. But just hear me out. I'm just saying this is what they think the choices are, right? Because they're in this situation where they think they have no other choice is my point. You feel me? And so they create these crazy diets or crazy situations where well, if you just cut out carbohydrates, we'll get you out of that situation, get you somewhat healthy, and then we can insert better habits. And so then people see, oh my God, they lost all this weight, a hundred pounds. So I'm going to take carbs out of my food plan too, because I need to lose that last 10 pounds. And if they did it and it created change, then if I do it, it will also create change. Like we think that's how people think. That's what clients come to us for. Susie did A, B, C, and D. Well, so, and this goes back to my keto point, which I never actually even delivered because I think I got sidetracked with that. <laughs> Susie lost 15 pounds in two weeks of doing keto because she lost water weight. Because right. going back to, and this is where I got sidetracked with glycogen. When you store glycogen, your body is carbohydrate, right? So it, when you store glycogen, your body also stores water along with that glycogen inside mm -hmm. of your muscle. And when you do something like a keto diet, the first thing that you're going to lose because you're losing, you're going to burn through your carbohydrates. You're no longer going to have glycogen and all that water is going to come out. Yeah. So this is where people think, okay, well, I'm going to jump on this because I'm going to lose weight fast. So carbs must be bad because that's I lose weight point. so quickly when I take them yes. out. Yes. And that's kind of my point. Like, I'm not saying that a person that's severely overweight needs to do those things. But when people see that they have done them and it's successful, then it's like a wildfire. It just spreads and everybody's like, oh, must be this is the new thing to do. The hard work and dedication to create a healthy lifestyle that takes time is never the way people want to go. It's always the quick fix, the short term the fastest way to do things. To be honest with you, I've, we've been doing this a long time. I sometimes just get so frustrated because it's that has that hasn't slowed down when we talk to potential clients. It's literally in every conversation that I have with a potential new client. And then even some of our clients that are crushing life and doing great, they still sometimes revert back to, well, do you think if I do this? And I'm like, Okay, what do you do? Well, if I just don't, well, what if I don't have carbs just for a couple of weeks and I just cut back on them? I'm like, okay, but I'm making your workouts harder and you want to take your fuel away. Do you understand that's not quite going to get us where we want to be? Yeah, I'd say, listen, Nicole, one of the main goals for us with people is you got to build muscle. Men, women, I don't mm -hmm. care who you are. You have to build muscle so you can be more metabolically active. You can burn more calories just sitting on the couch doing absolutely nothing. You can yeah. be more metabolically efficient. You're creating mm -hmm. more mitochondria when you're working out and you're eating a healthy diet. When you're in a calorie deficit and there's a higher demand for energy output, you're creating more mitochondria. When you're consuming certain foods, like this is all helping you throughout the process, right? Adequate protein. We always talk about protein as kind of the centerpiece or the anchor of the diet. But 
the reality yeah. is, is that carbs are still a, a much higher percentage. And I want to kind of put some perspective on this in terms of quantity of carbohydrates. Okay. So your brain is a glucose hog. Your brain essentially runs on glucose. It can run on two things, right? Your brain and central nervous system can run on two things, carbohydrates or glucose, right? Or ketones. Those are the two things that your brain can run on. And I always tell people you can't be in between the two, right? You're either fueling your brain with carbohydrates or you're in a state of ketosis. And what I tell clients, because oftentimes I'm not putting them on keto, mm -hmm. right? Now, listen, I've had the occasional client here and there that, you know, they do well with it. They comply with it. They stick to it. They've done a keto and it's worked for them. Great. Mm -hmm. But the majority, I'm talking 95% of clients that come in, they're not doing keto. They're not interested in doing keto. They just want to get the results. They want to get stronger. They want to build muscle. They want to be leaner and they want to feel good. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. So what I mean by in between is your brain needs a hundred. The average brain uses 130 grams of carbohydrates per day mm -hmm. just for normal brain function, right? So think about that when, and now go on the other end of the spectrum, you need probably less than 50 grams of carbohydrates to be in ketosis. Right. And you need to combine that with high fat so your body can convert fat into ketones. Right. So you're not eating the high fat and you're eating above because this is normally what I get. I get somebody who's in like the 80, 90, 100 range yes, for of carbs. carbohydrates, mm -hmm. right? Or even 100. They're like, wow, that's a lot. Their perception, of, their perception <laughs> of what a lot of carbohydrates, a lot of carbohydrates is like 600, 700. Like, <laughs> It's a lot. 600, 700 for a male. I would say between 250 and 400 for a female. Depending on who you are, what you do, what your level okay, of activity fair. is, right? Obviously, that's going to change. What I'm trying to say is that people are oftentimes in this in between. Well, you're not in, you're not consuming little yeah. enough carbohydrates to be in ketosis and you're not consuming enough to right. fuel your brain. How is your brain working? Like, how are you a functioning human being? Well, this is why they're tired all the time and they right. can't. And think. then what and then what happens is your body's going to try and find glucose. And this is where I go back to Muscle. glucose is the pers the preferred fuel source for your body because mm -hmm. your body is going to find it regardless. And where right. it's going to find it is it's going to go through a process called gluconeogenesis, where you take things that aren't carbohydrates and you turn yep. them into carbs. And typically that's going to be protein. And where's that protein coming from? Like you said, Nicole, that mm -hmm. protein is going to come from muscle. So mm -hmm. all you're doing is in order to fuel your brain, you're breaking down muscle tissue and that's mm -hmm. backwards from what we want you to do. So the goal is at baseline, 130 grams of carbs per day, minimum just to fuel your brain and your central nervous system. Also keep in mind for, and I've had this conversation with like CrossFitters, for example, or people who are doing squats or deadlifts. Those are very taxing on the central nervous system, mm -hmm. right? They are stimulating your CNS and you need carbohydrates for those movements. So at baseline, if you need 130 grams, now you add squats and deadlifts or power right. cleans, right? This is where the CrossFitters come in. You're, you add those types of movements in, now you've just brought yourself up to, I don't know, say 200 gram requirement per day. And now we kind of start to build up the conversation and the right. dialogue from there. Oh, well, 200, that seems like a lot. Well, 200, you're barely even cracking your energy expenditure. Yeah. So let's start to create the dialogue of, well, first of all, let's break it down like this. What is your estimated caloric need for the day? 
-hmm. if it's 2000 calories, bare minimum, you're going to need 40% of that to be carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. That's going to be around 200 grams of carbs per day at 2000 calories. Yeah. And 2000 calories is it's not a lot. That's maintenance for most people. Yeah, exactly. And most women aren't even close to 1500. So and then 1500 would be 150 grams, right? So right. like They're barely you know, we break that. it down percentage wise. And, mm-hmm. you know, I will say that the uh, the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, I think it's it's like 50 to 65 percent is yeah. the range that they give. But yeah. To me, 65% is a lot. I've never given somebody 65% carbohydrates. And mm-hmm. I think it's probably more so because I value prioritizing protein, protein. And I typically do like, like I do the 40, 30, 30 split, right? So mm-hmm. it's 40% carbs, 30% protein, 30% fat, 30% protein, according to the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics is on the high end. Mm-hmm. Now I want to put, shed some light on that because 10%, 15% of your diet coming from protein, like the recommendation is 0.8 grams per kilogram of body weight, which is like basically half of what I'd recommend for people. Mm-hmm. And that is just for like general life, general function, right? not including your activity. So yeah. to our audience that they're typically active individuals, if, if you're working out three, four days a week, you're doing cardio, you're doing a bunch of different things and you're concerned about your progress in building lean muscle tissue, you're going to need more than that. And that's why I would take down that carbohydrate percentage from 65 and say, maybe put it in the 40 to 50 range Mm -hmm. to allow yourself a little bit more room for protein. Because keeping in mind, if I give you 65% of your carbs from carbohydrates, and then I want you to eat maybe 2.2 or 2.0 grams per kilogram of body weight, just basically Mm -hmm. almost your 2.2. That would be your body weight basically, Mm -hmm. right? In protein, I can't do that with that many carbohydrates without giving you too many calories. Yeah. Yeah. I've manipulated things so many ways is what I absolutely love about nutrition. I have increased calories, decreased calories, kept calories the same and played with the dials of carbs, proteins, and fats in terms of their macronutrients. And the most fun part of doing that is with a client is being able to find out what that that individual specifically feels really great on and thrives on and digestively feels great on. And then during certain phases of training, which obviously everybody now at this point knows I am really into different phases of training in terms of matching your food plan to your workout program. And if you're doing more workouts, then I increase things. If you're doing less workouts, then I decrease things. If you're in maintenance, I kind of keep the calories the same and play around with the markers of carbs, proteins, and fats. And I love the fact that I have a lot of manipulation in that. Like you can play around with that. It gives people, this is where I think flexible food plans or dieting is a really great option because depending on what you're setting the goal at doing for workouts, And as the individual feel good on, you have a lot of variety or variations of how you can do things. And this is what's great about nutrition. This, and this is also what confuses me about people coming in and thinking there's just one way to do it. Like low carb, that's the only way, or keto is the only way. Like with all these options of things that you can change and manipulate, how can we put a blanket approach to nutrition when there's all these options and everybody's so different and thrives differently? I find that to be the most fun part about it. Yeah. I mean, like you're saying, Nicole, we've got different people 
And with different people, not only comes like, yeah, there are those people that are like, man, if I even look at a carb, I blow up. Right. We, yeah. We've had conversations with those people and those people. Typically, I put them on the lower end of consuming mm-hmm. carbs, but you still need carbs to fuel your workout. You're not going right. to go full on keto. And there's also behaviorally speaking, there are yes. different types of people. Some people gravitate towards more carbohydrates. And this is where we get into the, you know, you could just account for protein and the rest of your calories split up however you want. Yeah. Yep. And you'll still be successful and you'll be eating foods. If you like more savory foods and you enjoy eating more fat, yep. then you'll have a little bit more fat. You'll be kind of pushed towards the fat end of the spectrum in terms of where your calories lie. Mm-hmm. And if you love, like I like eating more carbohydrates and I've never really been that person that was like, if I look at a carb, I blow up. If I look at a carb and I eat the carb, <laughs> I have a great workout. Yeah. You become big Cito. <laughs> right. I work out and that allows me, you know, I get a, I get a really good pump. Like I can't get mm-hmm. that. Like when I did a keto diet for X number one of three, four months, I did keto, maybe even longer than that. I couldn't get a pump if my life depended on it. And I'm like this, I, I don't, it's the workouts don't feel the same. Yeah. So, you know, a- everybody's different where I'll want to eat a little bit more carbohydrates and a little bit less fat. And somebody else would want to eat a little bit more fat and less carbohydrate. And just by default, that's just what they like to eat. Mm-hmm. So we'll say, yeah, go ahead and do that. But Nicole, I really want to go back to the, uh, the fruit thing. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about fruit because fruit is something that people are afraid of. And when I was bodybuilding, it was something that I used to say too, like, oh, I can't have fruit because it's high in sugar. When at the end of the day, we're just talking carbohydrates in general. Wait, You didn't eat any fruit. I don't think I did. I think in the beginning of my prep, I might've had like bananas in the morning, but it was all starch. Mm-hmm. It was like potatoes, rice. And yeah, it was like pota- potato, sweet potatoes, rice. Um, I would do uh, the sweet potato fry, the frozen sweet potato mm-hmm. fries, and I'd bake them. I would do a lot of that. And actually, every competition that I did, I would consume sweet potato fries as my carb load. I would do a carb depletion, carb load, and then, you know, glycogen super compensation. Your body kind of overcompensates and you store more glycogen and bigger muscles. So mm-hmm. I would always do sweet potato fries as my carb load. And I have a, had a field day because I'm like, all right, great. I've I got like, <laughs> I don't know, 2000 grams of carbs that I need to eat over the next two or three days. Yeah. So that was always what I did. And I didn't really do much fruit. And I think that there's a, a lot of misconception even today around fruit and, you know, well, oh, fruit is high in sugar, so it's not going to help me lose, lose weight. It's not the sugar, it's the calories. Yeah. Well, there you go. You just said it. If you were a bodybuilder in the bodybuilding world and you thought that, can you imagine what people in the gen pop world think? Yeah, absolutely. So I think I've decided I'm going to do a challenge and I love a challenge. I'm going to do a challenge and I'm going to put I'm going to post it on Instagram. Okay. it's going to be I'm going to call it the fruit loss challenge. (laughs) Hashtag fruit loss. Oh, my God. I love this. So for anybody that wants to join in this challenge, hashtag fruit loss. Okay. Tag eat right nutrition in it. Okay. I'm going to create a calorie deficit for 30 days. I don't know if I want to do, let's say, 50% of my carbs coming from fruit or Mm -hmm. if I want to just do 100% of my carbs coming from fruit. Now, well, you know, I like balance, so I wouldn't do 100%. I just almost I kind of want to prove a point that you can eat 
And I'm talking like I'll have like four bananas a day and mm-hmm. apples. And, you know, I really should have thought about this. We should have done this like <laughs> midsummer where like yeah, yeah. Fruit abundance was of fruit. Mm. So now I'm going to be kind of limited, but I think I'll do a 30 day challenge and see how much weight I can lose or how much body fat I can lose. Mm-hmm. And I'll track it and I'll post my meals and I'll post what I'm eating. I, I don't the only. OK, so there's two things that I think about when I think of doing all fruit. Mm-hmm. The first thing that I think about is my wallet, because <laughs> it's a lot expensive. more expensive than <laughs> eating grains I'm like oatmeal is cheap. Yeah, yeah. Rice is cheap. Right. So it's definitely going to. Well, can you put like a can we put like a marker on it? Like when you say 50 percent of your carbs. Well, like, like for what, example, what... I'm going to set a calorie goal. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put myself in a deficit. We're probably looking at 22, maybe 2300 calories a day. OK, right. Can you and do the... like certain amount of meals per day to make that 50 percent up. Like if you wanted to do like how many meals are you doing per day? I typically do four now. Four. So if you yeah. do two meals with fruit that are 50 and that makes up 50 percent of your carbs, that's really not even that big of a deal. I, should I do that or should we just go? We, we should just I don't know. Just all fruit. I think I might just do all. You fruit. can do all fruit. So four meals a day, your carbs would be fruit. I kind of just want to make this intense and, and extreme. And the all other right. thing that I'm worried about is I don't know how like my bowels are going to be just eating <laughs> fruit for carbs. Like I don't know how and I don't know my my I don't. My my honest thing is, I don't think that the fruits are really going to fill me up as much as the whole grains feel. Well, this is where I talk about balance. Like if you want to do if you want to do this in a way that I find to be something that other people can do with you, it's not just about proving right. a point. You know you're going to do a challenge. You know we're going to do. You know what we're going to do. OK, we're going to set do a start this in date. a healthy way. We're going to set a start date for this thing. I'm going to post on Instagram a oh, question. The... We'll okay. do a poll. Should okay. I do 50 50 or should I do 100 percent? fruit. We'll let our audience and our followers decide what Big Cito does with his nutrition. (laughs) They'll decide my fate and whatever they say goes. So we'll take a poll. All right. So check out Instagram. I'm going to put the poll on, you know, I'll leave it up there. I I don't know if I could leave it up there. I mean, I guess 24 hours, it'll be 24 hours. And then we'll see what the audience decides. So if you're listening to this podcast now, go to our Instagram at Eat Right Nutrition. This is Monday. Today, mm-hmm. I will post tomorrow, yeah. Tuesday, Tuesday, I will post the, the, poll. the poll. So go on, fill out the poll. Should I do 50% carbs or carbs from fruit or should I do 100% carbs from fruit? And then I'm going to break it down. I'm going to do 40, 30, 30. I'm going to do 40, 30, 30. I'm going to be in a deficit. I have no idea how I'm going to feel. I have no idea even how I'm going to eat. I'll let you guys decide. Let me know what you want to do and I'll give it a shot. And I mean, goal wise, I think maybe five to 10 pounds, five to 10 pounds. Come on. We're supposed to be doing healthy things. I don't know how much how much is reasonable for me to lose two to five pounds in a month. I can lose more than a pound a week if you do then that's fine. But don't set a goal too high that people are going to. This is just a quick thing. Right. We just I'm going to set quick fix. I'm going to set I'm going to set a five pound. Well, I, when I when I set goals, I go in. I'm going to set a five pound goal. I'm going to lose at least five pounds in 30 days doing either 50 percent starches, 50 percent fruit or 100 percent fruit. And the rest of my macros will obviously be accounted for 30 percent protein, 30 percent fat. Okay, I'm putting my my poll in now that I think you should do be 50 50. Well, you're going to have to answer the poll. Damn it. 
Okay. You can't put in your poll right now and just tell, what am I going to enter it in for you on Instagram? <laughs> All right. So that's basically our spiel on carbohydrates. Their carbohydrates are not inherently bad. Fruit is not bad. Sugar is not bad. Uh, and typically what I say revolving around sugar is, you know, where's it coming from? I, you know, I have people all the time that'll say the, uh, on my fitness pal, it'll track your sugar mm-hmm. and it starts to add up when I tell people to eat more fruit. And then my fitness pal prompts you like, Hey, you're yeah, over you on your over, sugar intake. Yeah. I don't like that because I like to tell people to differentiate between a natural and added sugar, mm-hmm. right? One of the things that I used to say, one of the staple things that I used to say when I used to teach courses at these CrossFits. Nature gives you the right amount of sugar. Man gives you the excess, right? So where we're getting the excess sugar is also where we're getting the excess calories, right? In the mm-hmm. 600 calorie muffin that you just ate that has, yes. I don't know, 60, 70 grams, grams of, of, carbo- of carbohydrates or sugar, right? Yeah. It has a, a lot of, I mean, 40, I think is being That's probably low. I'm, I know, right? I'm being so, you know, you, you have to see like where sugar and carbohydrates got a bad rap was because we were over consuming them, not because... Yeah they're inherently bad for you. They're actually inherently good for you. And sugar does not cause diabetes and things like that, or heart disease or, or inflammation in the body or whatever it is. It's a calorie surplus and a lot of refined processed foods. So the next time you pick up a fruit, think about that. Think about what we're saying here. Carbs are your friends. And I think Nicole will end this here. Okay. Don't forget to check out our poll at Eat Right Nutrition, E-A-T-R-I-T-E, Nutrition on Instagram. And if you enjoyed this episode, click subscribe, give us five stars, write a review, share this with a friend, and you'll hear us next week.